everyone. It's Jordan of Jordan Mode. Today, I we are in the trenches. We are in the modern world. We are with a warrior, a a brave man, uh, a CEO. Today, I'm joined by William Branham. Welcome to the show. Yeah, thanks for having me here. This is uh, this is a new experience for me. <laughs> Good, because you can never learn too much. You can never put yourself in new experiences too much because you're always constantly adapting. So tell everyone about yourself. So uh, again, my name is William Branham. I spent uh, 26 years in the SEAL teams, actually 23 of my 26 years in the Navy. I was in the SEAL teams. Uh, I got out, retired, started a couple of companies. Now I have uh, do some some leadership uh, and business consulting, coaching, advising. I'm not sure the right word to use. People get triggered over different words. And I also have a CBD company or a supplements company uh, because you know when I retired from the military, I don't know if you've ever seen the movie The Avengers where Thanos like snaps his fingers and half the world's population goes away. Well, it was kind of like that for me leaving the the military, leaving the SEAL teams. You know, in in the SEAL teams, I had a I had a a mission, I had a purpose, and I had a team. And when I retired, I lost my mission, purpose, and team. And so I was, well, to put it lightly, I, I felt lost, and uh, I had to figure my shit out. Yeah, that must have been like when the snapback happened, and then you're back to a normal civilian life. That must have been wild, that transition. I've never, I had never been a civilian. I mean, I was in high school. I don't think that counts. And then... And then I became a civilian. I was like, I don't know how to do this. This sucks. This is terrible. <laughs> I have a lot of questions, but first I want to preface by starting off that, you know, when I first started this podcast, I was talking to one of my friends, I think it was episode 12 or something, where we were talking about the Navy SEALs. And then to imagine I would reach a point where I'd talk to a former Navy SEAL, it's kind of wild. So... Let's go with that. Let's start with that. Your experience just being a Navy SEAL. Like, how was that? It was awesome. I thought it was just, like, just a job. Awesome job, too. But, uh, there's a lot of things that you can do that you do over and over and not have much fulfillment. And then there are jobs where you go do something and you have a lot of fulfillment pretty much right away. And so that was one of those jobs. It didn't, it didn't matter what it was for the most part that, uh, fulfillment in there pretty on a pretty regular basis. So you felt you have to have felt like you, you could literally like, like if I was a Navy SEAL, right? I would be so confident in myself and my abilities as a person that I feel like every time I enter a room, I just would never feel intimidated ever again. I nope that that's not me. <laughs> I get intimidated all the time. I walk into rooms with with people who uh, are smarter. 
they're stronger, they're faster, they make more money, they do so many things. And I'm like, I need to be in this room so that I can learn. Mm -hmm. So all of you make me scared. But that's a fantastic mindset. I think that's like how people, the most successful people succeed now that I think about it. So that's that's cool that you're humble, you're down to earth. I I, I respect that, but I mean, you have to give yourself credit. You you have that determination. I feel like. Yeah, I think I think so. Um, hard part is, like I said before, when I was in the SEAL teams, the mission, purpose, and a team. I knew it like. I knew what I was going to do every day. I knew what my mission was. I knew my purpose. When I transitioned and became a civilian, it was not as clear cut. I had to, you know, really reinvent myself. I had to figure out what my new mission was, my, what my new purpose was. I can be as driven as I want to be, but if I don't have a direction to drive to, it doesn't matter. So I had to figure out what that mission was, what that purpose was, and then start building my new SEAL team, if you will. Mm -hmm. So, like... Have you? Did you always want to be a Navy SEAL? I always knew that I wanted to be part of some sort of elite military organization that was a small group of people. I like, you know, the the army, which is just like hundreds and thousands of people, you know, all going and doing something together. I never wanted to do that. I always wanted to be part of a, something small and elite and sneaking around uh, in the woods. And then someone, and I, you know, Back in the day, there was no, um, there weren't all the books and all the movies and all the everything talking about Navy SEALs. I didn't even know what a Navy SEAL was then. And uh, and then someone, I met a kid who was like, yeah, I want to be an F-14 Tomcat pilot and I want to be a Navy SEAL when I grow up. And I'm like, I saw the movie Top Gun. That sounds cool. I want to do that. And what's a Navy SEAL? And then he explained to me what a Navy SEAL was. It's the you know most elite military organization in the world. They work in small units. They jump out of airplanes. They shoot guns. They blow stuff up. They dive underwater. Uh, and uh, and they sneak around in the woods. And I was like, check. That's what I want to do. That's what I want to do. And so I came back from this trip where I met this kid. And then the Navy recruiter called me. And I swore I would never join the Navy. Because the Navy, they float around these big gray things out in the water. Some people love it. They do not. Uh, and so I was like, I'm never joining the Navy. The, their uniforms are ugly. The Marines have really cool uniforms. Maybe I'll be a Marine. Maybe I'll whatever. And what I found out is you can't become a Navy SEAL unless you join the Navy. So I joined the Navy yeah. in order to become a Navy SEAL. I mean, it's in the name, right? So it's kind of like, <laughs> I don't know. But so... How difficult was it to, like, that whole process of training to be a Navy SEAL? Like, I've I've heard how tough it is. I will tell you that almost anyone can do it. Not anyone, but almost anyone can do it. Almost anyone can graduate SEAL training. It's whether you have it in your head or in your heart uh of of actually wanting to do it and wanting to complete it um i i remember you know i was in you know mediocre shape when i showed up to seal te to to seal training and i could i was good enough to pass the test but man i fell behind on every single run i i could swim okay i had a hard time you know running around the obstacle course i got better at it um for from just practice and and working on the techniques of it 
But uh, there were these guys that were just absolute studs going through training. And um, they were they, they were naturally gifted. They were phenomenal athletes. They were great leaders. Everything just seemed super easy for them from my perspective. Oftentimes, those were some of the first people to quit. And they quit yeah. because they were used to winning. I was not used to winning. I'm used to like struggling my entire life. And so me struggling through SEAL training was no big deal. That's just par for the course. That's just, that's how I roll. Um, and so these were guys that were like, you know, they were Olympic alternates. They were, you know, uh, I ha had a, a professional football player uh, in, in training with me. I had, um, you know, all these collegiate superstars. Um, uh, rugby to uh, lacrosse to uh, football and and track stars and you know swimmers and and again they made things look super easy for them and then and I'm struggling the whole time and then they were the, some of the first people to quit they, they quit because the water was too cold they couldn't take the cold water they couldn't they couldn't take being told they weren't good enough it doesn't matter how awesome you are and how well you do in training you're going to fail and you're going to fail over and over and over and over and over and over and over again and they were used to working really hard putting in the work and succeeding but the fact of the matter is you could fail because you're not loud enough or maybe you didn't work as a team or you were you were too fast and you didn't come back and help your teammates finish uh, in a timely manner or whatever. It doesn't matter what it is. You're going to fail and you're going to be told you're not good enough and that you suck. And most of these guys were used to accolades from performing really well. And so they would end up quitting because they didn't like being told they weren't good enough or they didn't like the cold water or they didn't like putting that boat on their head again or whatever, fill in the blank. Wow. So it's all like in your head. You have to be very resilient and strong in like have a have a strong mindset and never give up and well luckily you I fail all the time so <laughs> you know maybe you know at one day maybe I'll try it out but that's so that's good to good to know like it doesn't matter if you're successful and like a successful athlete but you're just you have to be a different breed in terms of mindset that's crazy yeah wow I think I'm the most average or below average person that I know, especially growing up. You know, I, I was not a good athlete. Uh, I was picked last for like kickball and, uh, you know, baseball and, and all these other sports that I would play in or just in, in school. Like I'm the last guy picked because uh, I'm not like I'm not naturally gifted athletically. I'm an OK, like OK runner, which means a, I'm a, a poor runner in SEAL training. Um, I'm an okay swimmer, which got me good enough, uh, but I have determination that many other people don't have. Yeah. But that's really one of the things that got me where I was to be. So you're like it, you're like an average guy, but your determination is through the roof. Wow. Yeah. I'd say I'm the same. I'm, 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 I feel a lot. Okay, but through failure, I learned so much, and it's gotten me yep. to this place here talking to you. You know, get naked. Yeah. You know, that's I love it. 100%. <laughs>
I so what would you say to people who who want to become a Navy SEAL? Go do it. Join the Navy. All right, you start hear prepping. That? You hear go, that, Brian? Go I do mean, it. You hear that, Sit. Brandon? This goes out to you. Just do it, dude. Just do it. If you wait around and like think about it and like, oh, maybe I'm not in good enough shape or I'm not in whatever, you're never gonna go. If you want to go do it, then you just go do it. You just go execute it. I think that's where most people fail. Fail because they get in their head and they don't just take action. Perfect action will beat anything. A perfect plan. Imperfect yeah. action because you're going to go take that action. You're going to fail. I mean, you know, I talked about in the beginning, it took me, you know, 23 of my 26 years, I was in the SEAL teams. I should have been in the SEAL teams all 26 years outside of like boot camp and whatever. Um, but I didn't take the action I should have in the beginning. And I ended up on a ship in Yokosuka, Japan. And that still almost cost me getting to SEAL training. Because I, you know, I went to the schools that the Navy told me to go to so that I could advance my rank. And then I went to another school rather than going and taking the SEAL screening test I went to this other school. I thought, oh, I'll get in better shape and then I'll go to SEAL training. Well, because I went to this other school to get in better shape, that almost cost me going to SEAL training because this other school I went to, uh, when it came time for me to go to SEAL training, the uh, you have to have orders. You have to have someone saying you can go and, and directing you to go to SEAL training. Well, the guy who was supposed to do that, he said, sorry, bro, you're not going to SEAL training because you went to this other school for four months that landed you on the ship in Yokosuka, Japan. Uh, that makes you too critical to the Navy, more critical as this job than you are as a Navy SEAL. So I'm not going to let you go. So I'm like, holy shit, what do I do? How do I get like that's I joined the Navy to be a SEAL. Nothing else. Not right on a ship. I paid my penance. How do I get off this ship and go to SEAL training? <clears throat> well, the chief of naval operations, who's the most senior guy in the Navy, the only people more senior to him is the secretary of defense and the president of the United States. So the most senior guy in the Navy came to my little ship in Yokosuka, Japan. He didn't go to any other ship, came to my ship. He's like, hey, here's my vision of the Navy, blah, blah, whatever. I have no idea what he said. Does anyone have any questions? And I raised my hand. Yeah, I got one right here. Calls on me. Yeah, I said, yeah, I joined the Navy to become a Navy SEAL. I think I deserve a chance to go. My detailer won't let me go, but I think I deserve a chance. He turns to my commanding officer and says, is he a good guy? My commanding officer says, yes, he was a sailor of the quarter this quarter, which is like employee of the month. And uh, he turns back to me and says, check, you'll be in the first class after your PRD, which is planned rotational date. Six weeks later, I'm off to California to SEAL training. So even though I... Because I didn't take the actions that I should have in the beginning, I almost didn't get to go. I was lucky enough that the most senior guy in the Navy came to my ship and said yes. Or it would have taken me longer to get there. I was not taking no for an answer. I was still going. It just took me a long time. It could have taken me longer. But when I had the opportunity to finally take action, I took the action and I asked the question. Because I didn't take action early enough, I almost didn't get to go. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. you just have to take action. The end. This is this is some movie shit. Holy crap! Like, <laughs> I'm just like, I could imagine a scene like in a movie, like Top Gun, where you just you're there, and then the commanding officer asking that question, and then that it's I would get chills. All right, just watching it. 
Wow. So like if you didn't like step up or raise your hand, you probably would have just been in the Navy for for a while, for a while longer and never become a Navy SEAL. That's wild. And always living with regret. Yeah. Yeah. I think that like a lot of people, they don't do that. Like they always overthink like an opportunity. They, they don't actually do it. And that's that holds back so many people, whether it be, you know, business or whatever they want to do in life. And that sucks. But take inspiration from Will, guys. The man's, I mean, it's a freaking legend. Anyway, I don't know about legend, but I I made it through. He's a made it back alive. Guy. All right. <laughs> What are some misconceptions about the Navy SEALs that, you know, you don't, like, people don't know, do you think? Um, it's not all, like, TV. It's not all Hollywood. It's a lot of, uh, you know, when you're in the SEAL teams, you're always working up to deploy. And it doesn't matter, <clears throat> excuse me, it doesn't matter how um, good you are, at something there's always someone better and your job as the expert is to train the new guys the guys that aren't quite as good at uh at doing that thing so um for example close quarters combat that's where you like go in and you clear buildings and get bad guys and and bring them bring them back uh it's one of the most dangerous things that we do and i can just go on a deployment and, you know, do 150, 200, you know, hits and then come back. And we were doing super complex operations overseas where we're like, you know, we're, we're, we're putting people on top of buildings and surrounding targets and, 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 uh, and, and having lots of moving parts and very complex, op you know, things happen inside and outside the building. And then when we come back from that deployment, we start back at zero. We go back to the very, very basics. We have new guys that come into the team or into the platoon. And then we train everyone from the very slowest. Like we'll have like, you know, 30 people flood into a building and go take down all sorts of different things. And then when we come back and we start over, we start back and we have two guys go into a center room and start at the most basic of close quarters combat. And then we add a little more complexity to it and a little more and a little more but no matter what you're always reverting back to the most basic of movements because it doesn't matter how much how good you are or how complex you get if you don't always 100 percent of the time come back and focus on the very basics it doesn't matter if it's you know what you're doing in the seal teams what you do in business what you're doing in life what you're doing in your relationships if you don't focus on the basics then it doesn't matter how awesome you are were overseas, you're not going to be that good when the shit hits the fan. No, yeah, I get it. It's like, if you don't have fundamentals to lean back on, like, shit's going to crumble. It's, it's going to suck. Has... What is the most memorable, like, thing you remember from being a Navy SEAL? That's a that's a big question. That's a broad question. There's lots of stuff I remember. Um, what stood out to you, like how much, you you or how much it sucks? 
Oh, this is here's a misconception. You go to Buds and you do all the hard stuff, and it's going to be easy after that. It's actually actually harder after Buds. The things I did in the SEAL teams in SEAL training, it's easy. It's easy because you just have to do what you're told. Yeah. Not quit and pass whatever it is that they tell you to do. The end. In and it doesn't matter how much it sucks. It's always going to end. You know that the end point is close, and they're not going to let you die. In the SEAL teams, whether on real combat operations or even just training up for combat operations, I have been more miserable in the SEAL teams than I was ever. There were times in SEAL in the SEAL teams, whether in training or in combat, where I was like, dude, this is so much harder than buds. This is this sucks a lot. This is I don't want this is terrible. Um and most people have that misconception of like once you get to the, the teams, it's easy. It's like Hollywood, it's cool, it's like there's so much work that happens. Um and we have this saying where if you the more you sweat in training, the less you bleed in war, and it's absolutely true. But uh, no one really prepares you for how much you have to sweat or how much you have to freeze. And actually, the cold in the real world is much worse than the cold in SEAL training. So those guys that quit because they couldn't stand the, how cold, the uh, getting back in that Pacific Ocean, they did it for a good reason. That's how you weed out the weak. Weak-minded, for sure. No, I think that's it's kind of common sense that if the training is hard, then living the life of being a Navy SEAL would also be hard. Or like with anything, I feel like people don't think short term. They only think short term, but they don't think long term for a lot of things. So I, yeah. I can see why people think that, but it's so odd to me why they think that. Like, like just like running a podcast or a business... It's it's a lot of work, okay? You're, like, doing yes. it long-term. You're never going to, you know, it's never going to be easier, but you're just going to be used to the hard work. So it'll be, like, second nature to you to, like, keep doing that hard work. You'll be used to the hard work, but it doesn't mean it's not hard work. You know what I'm saying? Right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, so like, for a, a business, if you build it, it will come. That is not true at all. You have to. There's so much more that goes into uh, creating a business and making money, selling stuff and things like that. There's a, a lot of work. You can start a website. You can, you know, put some products out there to sell. But how? Why would people buy from you? Why are? Yeah. What is what you're selling important? Why? Um, you know, I I have a CBD company. I can't run ads for CBD because. Um, there, there's a few loopholes for it, but because, you know, social media, Instagram, um, Facebook, the, the traditional platforms for, uh, CBD or the traditional platforms for running ads, they do not, they consider CBD to be like, um, an illicit product as if I were trying to sell alcohol or something else or child pornography or something. Like when they give me like the, you are, you've broken rules of Facebook or whatever. And they like, they're like alcohol and da da da. And, and I'm like, really? Child pornography? It's a plant. It's been used as medicine for thousands of years. How are you making that child? What? 
yeah. it's nothing like that. But uh, so I had to, and it's a very saturated market. So for me, I had to like figure out how to be more strategic and more uh, really think outside the box on how to market my products uh, and kind of build that know, like, and trust um, for people to buy from me versus like whatever the, the store down the road. Right, right. You have to get creative and do that. That's a good transition to your CBD company, actually. Yeah. So for those of you that don't know, explain what CBD is. So CBD is a molecule that's found in the hemp plant. So the difference between hemp and marijuana, really they're the same plant. It's just how they're genetically bred. So hemp is generally used for making paper, making um, rope, making uh, clothing, things like that. Uh, so hemp is, you know, it has a very low level of THC in it. Marijuana has a high level of THC in it. So CBD primarily comes from the hemp plant, and it's a molecule that actually uh, feeds what's called your endocannabinoid system. So all mammals have what's called an endocannabinoid system. They have a, It's a giant neuroreceptor system that's connected to every other system in the body. And when that system is, like if you have one thing that's out of balance, like your endocrine system, your, your respiratory system, your central nervous system, your... Um, I'm blanking right now, your uh, immune system, your digestive system, all these systems are connected to this endocannabinoid system. One of your systems is kind of out of whack. That brings everything else out of balance. And so CBD actually is like, I call it like a super multivitamin where you take CBD and it actually feeds the endocannabinoid system and brings it back into homeostasis, back into balance. And then that helps bring your whole body back into balance, which, and then your body starts to heal itself. Um, it also is a, it's an anti-inflammatory. It helps with pain. It helps with stress, anxiety, sleep, things like that. And so CBD was like a modality that helped me kind of turn down a bunch of noise in my head from 26 years of, of, you know, service and helped with some of the pains in my body. Yeah. Uh, so CBD was that modality. It wasn't the cure, but it was something that helped get me where I needed to go. Uh, so I could have more positive self-talk and, and things like that. And that's how I came up with the get naked mindset and uh, the acronym that, that goes along with it. Yeah, I've personally tried CBD myself back when I had more anxiety. And it actually, it does help. Like, it, like, calms and soothes you. It's pretty interesting. Like, what does CBD stand for, exactly? It's a, it's a short, shortened version of cannabidiol which is again just a it's a molecule it's just like thc is a molecule cbg is a molecule cbn uh c cb v thcv like all of these are just molecules and and in the hemp plant again it's been used as medicine for thousands of years uh there's over 120 different minor cannabinoids which are these molecules like cbd and thc and terpenes which are essential oils and so when you when you take a high quality CBD product, you know, you get all the other minor cannabinoids and the terpenes, and then they work kind of synergistically with the body to help with some of the healing and anti-inflammation uh, that kind of goes along with it. Okay. So why the, get the pharmaceutical industry is not stoked about CBD. Yeah. But then again, why would they? 
because <laughs> they can't make money from it. There actually is one company that has a a, a FDA approved uh, pharma drug of CBD, and it's to it is to uh, support or help with a very specific kind of childhood epilepsy, and and insurance does not cover it. Hmm. It's about twenty five thousand dollars a quarter worth of wow. Or you can just go get CBD, and it's the same thing. Save money, live better, CBD, get naked. Why get naked? Like, what does that mean? So for me, get naked, It's uh, it was a mindset. And it was really about me having to take my ego off um, because my ego was getting in my way of of improving my life. You know, I didn't like asking for help. I didn't think that, you know, I didn't want to show weakness or anything like that because I came from, you know, I, even from childhood, I didn't want to like show weakness or anything else because I grew up poor and, and insignificant. So I wanted to be significant in some way in the SEAL teams. I was most of the time in leadership positions. I never wanted to appear weak or, you know, find, you know, have guys not respect me for whatever reason. Oh, I'm, I'm injured or like my brain's not working right. Or I make a bad decision or I don't know how to do something. Getting naked was really about taking that ego that I was carrying around and all that baggage that I was carrying around, taking that off, and becoming vulnerable, exposing myself so that I could find the healing. And what I found when I did that is, you know, someone asked me once upon a time, like, how do you feel when you ask, uh, when someone asks you for help? And I was like, I feel pretty good. Like, I like helping people. And so they said, well, why are you robbing someone else's, like, stealing that from someone else who wants to help you? I'm like... I didn't really think about it like that. So I had to really take my own ego off, take the, all this baggage that I'm carrying around from, you know, 26 years of service, of some not so awesome relationships, of whatever other crap that I have, you know, floating around in my head, like take that baggage off, set it aside and be a little bit vulnerable so that I can actually find the healing that I needed. And then from there, I turned naked into kind of a, into a like a an acronym and so you know the the acronym it's naked the n stands for never quit the a is accept failure the k is to kill mediocrity the e is expose your fears and the d is do the work and that's you know something i give from stage and it's really the a mindset that uh anyone can use and they can incorporate it into their into their entire life and you know it's not one doing one thing or the other it's like doing all of these things you know uh, it, to help improve your own life I didn't, and the lives of the people around you. I didn't know NAKED was a whole acronym. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Cool. If you were an animal, what would you be? Mm, I think a shark. I can see it, actually. Because I'm terrified of sharks. <laughs> okay. But at the same time... Wait, so... Have you ever float like swam next to a shark? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I live in Hawaii. I surf a, a fair amount. Um, yeah, they're out there. I'm not stoked when I see them. Okay. <laughs> well, I mean, you're still here, so hey, I guess I'm still here. Yeah. Yeah. Still breathing. There was one time in in SEAL training where we were doing a swim. A two, you know, we do two mile ocean swims every week, and. Um, 
and you swim as a pair and you swim like facing one another so you you know one person is sort of looking at the beach guiding and the other person is looking out into the ocean just watching and, and making sure you, you stay a certain distance apart and then you just kind of finish the swim and i was the person looking out to sea and I went to breathe, and I saw a dorsal fin just on the other side of my dive buddy. And I was like, holy! And I reached over, and I grabbed him. And I was like, shark! And then I saw, like, four more dorsal fins, like, right next to us. And so it was a pod of dolphins that were swimming directly. Like, we swam right through the middle of them, and they were on both sides of us. Oh. So it was terrifying and very cool all at the same time. It wasn't a shark, but I thought could I swear I swore it was a shark, and he was about to get eaten, and I was going to leave him there and swim to the beach. But uh, you know. <laughs> no man left behind. We, we got lucky that day. Yeah. Right. All right. The, well, I'll let the I'll let the actual Navy SEALs handle that. <laughs> yeah, I'll let the professionals <laughs> handle that. <laughs> okay. I'm just a student. I don't. I haven't earned anything yet. <laughs> Have you ever like? met any other uh like i don't know whether to call them like famous navy seals you know like Thank you. do you know david goggins nope tim kennedy he's not tim kennedy is not a navy seal awesome I'll take everything back. Um, <laughs> do you want to do a rap battle? I'm I'm not good at rapping. Is that a no? Oh yeah, no, no okay. way, no okay. way, Jose. All right, Sweet. I was good. I was ready for some other some other like uh, famous Navy SEALs. No, no, no. Like, I know, on the show we curveball. I know Jocko and I know uh, Rob O'Neill. Did you meet Jocko? Yeah, I used to. I've I used to train with him. Oh, that's nice. Jujitsu. Cool. He sucks at jujitsu. His jujitsu sucks. Right, I mean, sweet. he's beaten me every time, but it's he's not that good. He's just bigger and stronger than me. Okay. All right. Yeah. yeah. You heard that, Jocko? Yep. All right. What was I gonna ask? Oh, like speaking. Rob O'Neill. Who's O'Neill? Oh, you don't know who Rob O'Neill is? No. You know the guy who shot Bin Laden? Is that him? Yeah. Oh, dang. Lucky. Lucky fucker. Lucky. <laughs> Shit, that was like, what, 10 years ago? Damn. I'm like that. Okay, okay. Wow. Do you know him? Yeah. We, we actually went to Bud's together. That's sick. And we were also in, in sniper school together as well. I say Rob is the second best shot in the Navy. Are you the first? Yeah, definitely. 100%. Yeah. Here to here, folks. Number one. We only we only <laughs> talk to winners here. <laughs> That's actually a crazy transition from Navy SEAL to CBD. And then also business and leadership coaching. Yeah, but that I'm not even surprised because you own a company, so you have to have at least some ounce of leadership skills. You know, so it's like, 
a pawn does not become a king without learning any leadership qualities or being in battle to make it all the way across the board exactly you have to make it all the way across the board then you get turned into a king and then you can only move one square at a time which means you have to work your ass off to to be successful in whatever you want to be and that's that's interesting isn't that interesting how the king can only move one square the knight can move in an l shape the queen can literally move diagonally straight anywhere literally anywhere there's like no effort and then the rook can move straight or you know right or left wow do you play chess sometimes good cuz i don't do you have so you got the moves down yeah, I have it. I used to play a long time ago, a long, long time ago when I was like, because it's all mind games at the end of the day. Like, uh, uh, when you play a game of chess, it's way different than playing like a video game or anything. But so think of it like this, right? Chess can teach you a lot of things and teach you the way the person thinks, teach you to play two steps ahead of them, and teach you how to sacrifice your pawns teach you how to become a better strategist and yeah i i think True. listen there's chess ranks there's just pawn knight king queen bishop the bishop only moves diagonally it's like whatever you're you're a bishop and then you look at like the business hierarchy say in your company you have you probably have uh you're the ceo you probably have a, a cfo chief financial officer you probably have the lower level interns and stuff but there's there's just this ladder this this little it's like uh it's like back then you know the, the middle ages the medieval periods they had the knights the kings, the action—I'm pretty sure there were bishops, and then they had the uh, the servants, the, uh, the the people who did the farmland. You know, th- whatever. I don't really know where I'm going Peasants. with this, but you know what I'm saying, right? Anyway, that was the end of my tangent. I'm not exactly sure where I ended up. What about you? Do you have any? You're talking about chess. you're talking about chess, and I was wondering if you've ever heard of uh, Josh Waitskin. No, I haven't. So Josh is if you, I don't know if you've ever seen the movie Saving by or Finding Bobby Fisher. Nope. It's about a childhood chess prodigy. Um, and anyway, that that movie is about Josh. And uh, so Josh, I've met Josh. I've surfed with Josh. And uh, down in Costa Rica, just bumped into him one day. And uh, he actually uses like the fundamentals that he used from chess. Actually, is a he's a chess like whatever world champion. And then he went and became a I don't know like taekwondo. It's not taekwondo, some other kind of world champion. And then he became a Brazilian jiu-jitsu black belt. And then he was gonna go like try to become a you know a jiu-jitsu world champion, but I don't know hurt his shoulder or something and couldn't compete. But Anyway, he uses those same techniques that he learned from chess in 
as you know as a child like competing at the highest levels in chess uh in in the martial arts that he does and also in the kind of business advisory roles that he's in right now i think people pay him lots and lots and lots of money to you know help with some of the strategy that they uh that they use to be successful in business yeah it's a lot of psychology that goes into chess you're constantly thinking about what the other opponent is thinking you're thinking what move they're gonna make and you can incorporate a lot of that into business like who's my target audience what are they doing it's all it's also a lot like hunting The, the the your prey which is the target audience, okay? You're trying to sell yep. CBDs to them. You're thinking, who yep. needs CBD? People with a lot of anxiety, people with lack of sleep. And who are these people? They probably overwork themselves or they're like young people. Or, you know, it can, you, you can try trial and error. There's a lot of trial and error. But for the most part, there's a lot of things that can be incorporated into other things that people don't think about, I think. Like you know, chess and business or dancing and fighting and because footwork, I, I'd say footwork and or podcasting and like doing speeches or, you know, like it's all you have to be good at talking. And I always found that interesting, like there, like what you do in one area can also be incorporated in another area. For example, if you're good at writing, if you journal, you will you will get you'll probably be good at writing music or lyrics and that can be used to further your other writing endeavors like if you wanted to write a book, write a blog, copyright for a business. The opportunities are endless. Is what I'm saying. You just have to. You just have to practice those skills. Exactly. Copywriting. Not everyone can do that. Yeah. Being being uh, putting words on paper or on the computer that are going to influence how people think about something. Yeah. Psychology goes into that too, and like. Hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so let me ask you this. What what was your impression of me? What were you thinking when you first saw me? What, You're I'll, wearing a banana costume. I'll guess. Okay, so <laughs> I'll guess you were unprepared. You taken aback, but you didn't show it. You're like, I'd go so far to say you were intimidated by my banana. Very, very intimidated. I told you, I get intimidated all the time. <laughs> I have that that uh, uncanny ability to make people, whoever comes onto the show, as uncomfortable as possible. So that's my superpower. I just I don't even have to snap; it just happens. So what was I gonna say? Oh, right on. You have any questions for me? No, sir. All right. I. How can I help your? How can I help your audience? How can I provide value to your audience? Well, I say my audience is probably leaning toward the younger demographic. So they I've been young once, like a 
couple years ago. Um, lack of sleep and lack of a lot of anxiety and a lot of depression. What do you feel like you could offer any services that could particularly help those people? You know, if only there was something that could help these people. Well, I can, like I said, I have CBD. CBD is very helpful. It's helped me sleep, helps me turn my brain off at the end of the day. Um, but sometimes you have to have a little bit of discipline and turn your phone off, turn yeah. your iPad, turn your computer off. Yeah. But you can't. But you can't I don't sell have that. that discipline so well. But I do have some products that can help with that. Wow. Wow, that's crazy. It's almost as if. Will here sells owns a CBD company. That's crazy. I'm not sponsored, by the way, but you know, CBD is actually, I think, genuinely useful and helpful. I'm not even being paid to say that, but just overall, it's cool. And thank you, anyone, for listening. And Will William, shout out your stuff. Yeah, man. So check it out. So if you go to nw-recovery.com. Uh, also known as NakedWarriorRecovery.com. If you don't put the dash in there, you're going to go to like Northwestern Rehab, some some crap like that. So NW-Recovery.com uh, and, and, uh, and, and pick up some CBD. And if you use the code BANANA, you'll save 20% on any of our CBD products. Wow. Or even our non-CBD products. Yeah, you heard the man. Just uh, if you ever, you know, lack sleep, have anxiety, or all of the above, or just want to feel calmer and 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 cooler, I'd recommend it. But thank you for listening to this episode of uh, Jordan Mode. What were you about to say? Oh, I was going to say I have some uh, some 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 newer products coming out in the gummy form. Also, some pills or some oil under your tongue. I'm I'm enjoying some of these new gummy products that I have coming out that really like mellow you out. Yeah, yeah. Mellow yellow. That that's yeah. actually trademarked. Never mind. Um, uh, <laughs> yeah. Thank you for listening to this episode of Jordan Mode. Uh, get yourself some CBD. Follow William Branham on everything, and. Hope you join us on the next one, folks. Thank you.